Your Mom Ashley is a creator in New York City and former member of the content house, Your Mom's House, who films every single aspect of her life, for better or for worse. At that point, for a while, I was like, I'm never going to show my relationships like ever again. She's daringly decided to post her most vulnerable moments, insecurities, and experiences for everybody to watch, which quickly garnered millions of fans and turned into a full-time business that now expands way beyond herself. This is her story, journey as an entrepreneur, and motivation for business and success. As soon as you hit the like button and subscribe, it helps us out tremendously. Thank you so much. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Now, thank you, Graham, for that beautiful introduction on our guest, Ashley. Now, she films every single moment of her life, and you can probably guess she uses a nice camera and equipment and very expensive equipment, just like we do here on the Ice Coffee Hour. But you don't need to if you want to get started with our sponsor, of course, StreamYard. How do you take someone from being a casual viewer to being like a hardcore fan? Streaming? And that's really, oh, like really good. Twitch? Yeah, on Twitch. I did Twitch during COVID for like six months. StreamYard is a live streaming software that allows you to begin creating content with just the click of a button. All you need is a camera and internet connection, and you're able to stream right now directly from your browser. By doing so, you could stream to multiple social media platforms at the same time, including Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and more. They also offer various analytics tools, such as a tool that shows you which platform is driving the most amount of traffic, which is extremely helpful to know. It's really the best way to begin creating content without spending any money because they offer a free package that you could try out for no money. It's free. All you guys got to do to start creating high quality content for completely free is clicking that link down below in the description to join StreamYard today. Seriously, it helps us out a ton here on the Ice Coffee Hour. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much, StreamYard. And on to the episode. I love it down here. I have to say it's, <laughs> it's grown you. on me. I was coming down here at first time. What is this spot? There are no windows down here. We're like, no, nope. I feel like we're two floors below ground, but it's really yes. nice. Yeah, it's, it's definitely fun. Yeah, yeah it's and a fun house. <laughs> you're telling me, how much does this rent for down here? Um, this room specifically is uh, $2,900. So. $2,900? No, you get no windows. You get no windows in here. It's a big room. It's a big room. It's very big room. It is big. It's the size of two New York City apartments. So. <laughs> but, the, but where's the window? You have no natural sunlight at all. That's the, the real basement. estate agent and him talking right now. He's, yeah. Oh well, my gosh! Well, <laughs> what's the full rent on the house? That's what I'm wondering. Um, the full rent is sixteen five. Sixteen five. Split between wow. five people, but actually, I would say that is very doable for New York City. Wow. So what is that? Like three grand, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Per person. Relatively, yeah. Yeah, with some rooms probably paying a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And we have a backyard, everything. So it's a cool spot. For me, yeah. I think it's it's pretty. I think it's a good deal. How yeah. is it living with with so many people? Um. It's good. I love all my roommates. They're all like super chill. Uh, we all travel a lot. So like our schedules are definitely like there's probably only like a few people home at a time, but it's really nice. And it, it makes it more homey in a way because right. I've lived alone um, a couple of times and it's, it's nice to come home and have the house be lively, especially here. Like there's always something going on, um, but the house just feels like warm and full. So yeah. But the living alone uh, whole genre now is really doing well, especially in New I York. Know. My fam just, I feel like, just pioneered I that, know. like, living alone in New York City. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, wish I could use that title. <laughs> you could. I feel like you could just rent a studio for the purpose of, like, living alone. I know, right? That would be interesting, just a straight right? business expense to yeah. be able to clickbait that. Yeah, living that alone in my funny. studio. Like, Or, seriously, I think just a video titled, I moved out, dot, dot, dot would do so well 
even if you just get a studio somewhere else, you're like, oh, yeah, I feel I'm like it's inciting it. yeah. unnecessary drama. Like people <laughs> are gonna start questioning I things. Know. <laughs> I'm curious, how do you think drama, just in general, has affected <laughs> your channel? Is it is it generally a good thing, or is it like all attention is good attention, or have you seen negative effects of drama? Yeah, I mean, I try to avoid drama at all costs. <laughs> um, so definitely, like, try to avoid it. I think it depends on like the type of creator you are. I think there are certain creators that like kind of thrive off of it. They use it to grow their channel. Um, but for me, I think at the end of the day, like my community is really the most important. So any drama that I can like avoid is always gonna be the best. Even if drama brings you more views, like all of that, I just, I think it's better to just have like a nice wholesome community, like do your life, do your thing um, and not try to get into trouble just for the views, for I sure. guess, yeah. How did you get started with YouTube? Um, so I started in college, uh, my freshman year of college. I was at RPI, which is upstate. It's Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. So mm -hmm. I was going there thinking, I'm gonna do pre-med, I'll probably go to medical school. Um, and although I think I still would have liked that route, I was like, I have this creative side. Ideally, I would like to pursue this more. So I decided, hey, I'm gonna do this on top of college. Um, I've always wanted to make videos. I used to make them when I was like 12, 13. Like I've had my YouTube channel since then and like would post here and there, but never actually like fully committed to it until I was in college. And then I did that alongside my like biology degree for three years until my uh, junior year of college when I finally decided like I'm gonna probably do YouTube full time afterwards and then I switched over to business my last year and graduated with a business degree. Really? Yeah, which is really funny, but. At any point did you wanna drop out and just like, just oh, for like sure. go 100% YouTube? For sure, like my sophomore year, I would talk to my parents like, I need to drop out. And they were like, no, you gotta stick through this. Like what? they really wanted me to have this kind of, um, like fallback, I guess, sure. just in case, or just like more traditionally, I think they just want me to like have my degree, just be like, she graduated college. Yeah, she... um, and I think, I think I didn't like necessarily need to go to college, but I really enjoyed college still. And I think it taught me a lot of discipline. And also I think um, from like a YouTube standpoint, even it was more exciting for me to like show my classes. And I would do videos where like I wear certain outfits to school. So it gave me more things to do. And I kind of miss having that structure a little bit now that I'm out of college, actually. Yeah. But what prompted you to first start making videos? Why did you start? First? Yeah. So when I like first, first made videos, I was probably like 12, 13. And it was that era of YouTube where beauty gurus were like popping off. I don't know if you know Bethany Moda, but she was like one of she was like one of like the biggest beauty gurus at the time and I loved her videos and I was like oh I just like want to do something similar like I love to like show like what I'm packing for a trip or just things like that and I just really looked up to her at the time so I feel like that's what kind of got me into it initially were your parents hesitant about you like yeah. YouTube at like 12, 13 years old? 12, Absolutely, 13? Yeah. That's like sixth, seventh grade. I know. Yeah. That's why, I mean, that's why I didn't ultimately like continue it. I think I yeah. made like 10 videos and then. Did your parents know about that though? They or did. You, oh, they did. Mm -hmm. And it, were they okay with you posting I mean, videos online? My mom was kind of like, mm, like, this is kind of sketch. Like, random, like, old men can watch your videos. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, mostly it just. I don't know, it got in the way of school, I had my sports, and then I just kind of like fell off until I later decided that I wanted to. Uh, but even then, initially, my parents were still like, 
hey, shouldn't you be focusing on like your classes and like your medical, like all of that stuff? So yeah, but now they're very proud. I I think they just didn't like understand like initially like that YouTube could be a job and I mean I low-key didn't even know that either yeah. I was just doing it because I thought it was fun um but now they're like my biggest supporters of it ever so what sort of videos were you making in college in college I made a lot of like hauls actually I think that's what started my channel and what that's what kind of like brought people to my channel because they were more searchable so I would do like here's like a spring haul or like a haul from like a specific brand. Um, my first video that like ever popped off was a Vans collection video yeah. actually. So I showed like all my shoes. Um, that was my first video to hit a million views. And I think that's like what kind of like kickstarted everything. What's the appeal to watching a haul video? Because for me, like I, I'm thinking like if I'm perusing the YouTube algorithm and I see something like my spring haul, I would I like, <laughs> I don't know if that's something I would really like be super enticed. I mean, maybe I'm probably maybe just not the target. That I might click. No, I'm kidding. That's joke. That's joke. Uh, so what what is the appeal to something like that? Because I'm sure you probably consume that content. Yeah. So I mean, even now, I think there was a time and a place where hauls were really popular. I don't think at the moment they're super popular anymore. Um, but the reason why I think people would watch them is because they would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna." buy things from like Princess Polly, for example, like, and then you can go on a haul and see what someone else bought off that website that like looked good and you can mm. see it worn on a person. And then you can kind of go, oh, actually like, I'm gonna add that to my cart. Um, just shopping purposes. It's literally for just shopping purposes pretty much. But what I did actually was I used to fill my hauls with my siblings. Cause I would watch hauls and be like, actually these are really boring. Cause like low key, like a haul like is kind of boring. Hmm. And I was like, I want to like do hauls that are fun that people also just watch like just because they're a fun video. So I would do hauls that like had my siblings in them and like were really like, we would just be like messing around. Like it would be kind of like a vlog, but like centered around like occasionally like showing pieces, which is like a really interesting setup. But like that is how I like started my channel though originally. And I haven't done that same um, structure in a long time, but that's like how I started. How much did you make from the video that did a million views? At that point, I was not monetized, so I made nothing. And when I actually started YouTube, they were kind of like updating the partner program terms. So I remember I grinded YouTube for like a full year, like three videos a week, and I never got paid until I was like a year or more into YouTube, like probably over 100K subs. Really? Mm -hmm. So you got 100,000 subs in your first year doing YouTube? Yeah. What was the motivation to keep going when you weren't making any money from it? And you were in college as well, so I'm assuming it was probably a pretty like intense schedule. Yeah. I literally think it was just like something in me was just like self like discipline to be like, you like told yourself you're gonna do this, like you better do it. Like or I even I remember when I started in college specifically, like Emma Chamberlain was popping off, so she was definitely like another um like inspiration for me. I was like, Oh, like I love her vlogs, like I feel like I could do something similar. I remember like watching her videos and being like, I'm gonna start YouTube in the first year, I will get three hundred thousand subscribers. And like that didn't happen, but like I came mm-hmm. a third of the way. So yeah, yeah. and I think also, the, like the community and comments and having people kind of like uplift you definitely like pushes you to keep posting as well. So how much were you making at the time you graduated college? At the time I graduated college, I I mean, I was making it enough to decide, hey, I'm going to be full time. I rented out my own apartment. I'm like trying to think of exactly how much I made. Um, I would say as a creator, like the amount you make is like pretty exponential for mm-hmm. the most part, especially like as you're initially growing. 
Um, but definitely six figures by the time that I graduated That's college. Impressive. So there's Thank no you. desire at all to like get a job or take no. that. Did your parents pressure you at that point to be like, well, you could still just, you know, pursue medicine? No. Sometimes my mom will still, as yeah. a joke, be like, medical school? I'm like, I'm good, mom. <laughs> but um, no, at that point they were like, if what's working is working, then like keep doing what you're doing. Although before we go into that, wait, hold on one sec. Where's Jack? Yo, what's up, Graham? I'm so sorry I couldn't make it again, man. I'm actually here in New York trying to find funding for my new genius business idea. Basically, it's like any other dating app, except when my profile shows up, they have to swipe right or else they get banned. What do you think? Pretty smart, huh? Jack, that's the dumbest. Anyways, dude, even though this is like clearly Fortune 500 level stuff, um, I'm really struggling to find funding. Jack, we've been through this. You should look instead to today's sponsor, Fund & Grow. Fund & Grow is a unique funding alternative with far fewer restrictions than traditional bank loans. With their 12-month membership, you could access up to $250,000 of credit at 0% interest, all while retaining full equity in your company. And as a special offer for our listeners, Fund & Grow has prepared a business funding masterclass that uncovers the five steps to getting up to $250,000 in business credit. And don't just take our word for it. Over 4,000 customers have given Fund & Grow 4.9 star reviews. Plus, as an exclusive bonus, you'll get a $500 discount on their services. So don't wait to Fund & Grow your business. Visit Fund & Grow down below in the description to get started today. And now with that said, let's get to the podcast. So then what'd you do after college? I lived in Troy, which is very barren and boring, actually. <laughs> I don't know um, where Troy is. Yeah, but... yeah. Um, I mean, I like it because it's like kind of my hometown, but I lived there by myself for maybe like six months. And then it was just like, I mean, I'm still in my hometown, so I'm kind of like, I feel like I really need to change a pace. And then after that six months, I eventually moved to New York afterwards. When did you notice your content really taking off? And why do you feel like people started to subscribe to you? I feel like my content really started taking off probably in 2019. So maybe like year and a half or two after I started like initially posting. Um, I was doing a lot of college videos, which like unfortunately like right when I was like, oh my college videos are doing so well was like COVID. And I was like, seriously? But um, I think like what drew people to the videos were like probably a sense of like relatability. I was a college student at the time. So a lot of my videos were kind of focused around that. Um, but I also show my family a lot. That's also like a huge trait in my video. So I think that's also like something that people kind of come to see because it's like our little group, our little family and people get attached to everyone. And we just have like our jokes and our moments and we share like, I mean, we share like very intimate life moments, like mm -hmm. low key on my channel, I feel like. So definitely that. And so I was trying to like build like an actual community, right? Like yes. fans rather than just casual viewers. Okay. How do you take someone from being a casual viewer to being like a hardcore fan? Yeah, I think I actually haven't done this in a while, but I think things like podcasts like this one right now, like are really helpful to kind of like give people a more like in-depth view of who you are. Or I also used to do streaming, and that's really, really Oh, like really on good. Twitch? Yeah, on Twitch. I did Twitch during COVID for like six months. What I was, was the motivation like behind that? Um, I just kind of wanted to try it. Also, I think I was like really burnt out of editing, so I was mm. like streaming. <laughs> hmm. um, but it was also like a really cool way to like be super present with your um, community because like they're literally like in chat and you like can talk to them. How long were you streaming for? Like what was the day? Like, in terms of time. I, oh my gosh. When I like was really streaming, I would stream like five days a week for like four hours a day. What was the, what was the stream Crazy. about? 
Sometimes we'd be playing Among Us. <laughs> Among Us? You were Among Us? Back then, then it was yeah, like, oh man. That was, that's the only game yeah, to play. There you go. Okay. That's the only game I know how to play. So once Among Us fell off, I was like, goodbye. That's Twitch. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. But Or I would do like just chatting or like I would edit or like. Oh, like you'd actually be editing a video and like casually talking. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. To so be really chill. I've noticed that definitely amongst Twitch streamers that they have like very diehard fan yeah. bases. Yeah. And it's hard for a lot of people, especially the people that do like spectacle content on YouTube, to really connect with their audience, especially if it's more like scripted out content. Mm. So they can have a ton of viewers and a ton of subscribers, but not very many fans. But one thing I've noticed about Twitch specifically is that Twitch creators, like, I mean, you go on their Instagram and their like engagement ratio or engagement rate is like, it's like forty yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. Like they have like three hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and they're getting a hundred and fifty thousand yeah. likes. So yeah, it's really interesting. Amazing. Yeah, and you notice that to be really positive for you and growing your your fan base. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely like those are things I kind of haven't done in a minute, but that I'm like, oh, I really want to do that again in the future, just because it was like made me for one feel closer to my community, but also I think just like made everyone feel like the community was really there. How do you be on so much? Because I feel like, at least for me, it's it's like a constant, when, when the camera's recording, there's always a, a bit in the back of my mind where I'm like, I'm thinking of what I should be saying and I know I have to be present for the camera and I can't yeah. like, you know. That was definitely the most straining thing about streaming that made me kind of realize this isn't something I can do as often as I thought. Because yeah. it is like kind of exhausting to be like aware, like for that long. Um, but honestly, like, if you're, like, gaming, like, with other people, like, the hours pass and, like, you don't even notice. Um, but once you are just sitting there by yourself and, like, chatting to a screen, it is a little more noticeable, yeah. And what was it like then to move into a house with other YouTubers? Yeah, I mean, it was so cool. I feel like I didn't have, like, a work, like, group or, like, co-workers, I guess mm-hmm. you might say. Um, so it kind of felt like, oh, I finally have co-workers. I finally have people that, like, really understand my lifestyle that I can ask for advice and ask for questions and like just all kind of grow together and it's kind of like if someone makes a mistake then like all of us learn from it so it's just like the amount that you learn is more exponential and I feel like I can really trust everyone's advice like we'll always be like how does this thumbnail look or like can you help me do this on photoshop and things like that so I think it was like super super helpful and also just like coming to New York in general was definitely like I don't know such like a big like helpful move for me I felt because if I didn't move I'd probably like still be upstate doing god knows what (laughs) but yeah what is it about New York that so many people are drawn to because it seems like there is something different here that a lot of people like it and uh Mm -hmm. it's it's so much different than anything that I've really seen or experienced yeah I mean I think it's definitely just like you come here and there's like a certain energy of people grinding and working hard which can sometimes be like a little exhausting but I think like if you have like the right personality that kind of like meshes with it, it, it's like helps you kind of do the same thing. Um, But I really like the walkability. That's something that I really, really like about New York is how close everything is. And I think there's so many opportunities and especially other creators. So just like the community here, I think as well. It doesn't seem like there's anything leisure here. Have you noticed that? Like, there's very little relaxation. Interesting. I, I'm i now thinking, yeah, and I don't nothing. think I've seen anything. Like, there are parks and stuff, but I don't know if people, like, really go and, like, chill in parks. When I, mean, I was in the park, everyone's, like, yeah. running. People oh, are, like, hustling, yeah. like, yeah, playing, you know, like, a violin or something. Busy. Yeah. Everyone's busy and has a place yeah. to be. 
LA, I feel like there's a bit more of like a relaxed, carefree vibe. Mm. Vegas is very much, I think, like yeah, do nothing. Like yeah. we're I've never we're been. yeah. Well, it depends where you go. On the Strip, everyone's like on vacation, okay, so you're not gonna yeah. get anyone really like working except if they work there. Yeah. Then off of the Strip, it's just quiet. Suburban areas yeah. in general, I feel like it's kind of hard to like feel like a ton of pressure because there's not very much noise. It's not like there's like people walking around, yeah. cars honking everywhere, you know, like pushing you it's to go faster. It's a slow pace. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's, yeah. It, it took me a few days to figure out like why you have this desire to like keep working and going harder here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because everyone else is like out and about. Like yeah, there's always someone <laughs> working and it makes you want to work. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm curious about the content houses because Graham and I have kind of realized recently that we need to do a better job at networking. Mm. Like we kind of generally stay in our little bubble and we have people in our bubble that we're very close to, but it's very rare that we leave this bubble and like meet new people, which opens up new opportunities and new doors. Um, I feel like content houses are a fantastic way, just in general, for aspiring... Yeah, you I mean, start I got a place in Vegas and I moved in a bunch of people that are like young entrepreneurs and I definitely mm-hmm. have found myself like benefiting from being in a space with other people or like like-minded people. Yeah. What has your experience been with ha- like being in a content house? How yeah. has that positively or negatively affected your just success in general? Yeah. And would you recommend it to people that are trying to be good at YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I think there are tons of pros and cons. I think as like a YouTuber specifically, it can be such an isolating job that it's like amazing to like find a group of people that have the same job as you and that you can like actually, like I said, feel like you have coworkers. But at the same time, I think pretty much every content house that I have ever seen has like pretty much failed or like has not like lasted for very long or eventually like kind of fizzles out in a way. Um, I feel like there is always drama involved. So I feel like it's good if you're like, I feel like it's an experience <laughs> that you kind of have to be like, do I want to sign up for this? Um, and it's definitely good. It's a learning experience. You get to meet new people. I think it definitely helps for like growth for everyone in the group. Um, but with that being said, everyone in the group probably does not have like the same ideas or and just butt heads or whatever else happens. So is the hype house yeah. still a thing? Is that still no. going or no? What hype house is not a thing anymore. No, I think they had a whole like Netflix series about how it, Kind of, I can't I join thought, them. I man. thought it was just the founder, like some the founder of something was not giving them good deals. A lot of the like, times, the people that found the the houses mm-hmm. are not even like the people in the houses. It's like some random CEO yeah. of some well, company that's, that's got a ton guy. of money like, and gets like yeah. a bunch of like eighteen year old kids all to like pile up in a yeah. house. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Alex? Alex is just laughing at the idea, yeah. though. Of what? Get, like piling a bunch of 18-year-old people in a house and just seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. Maybe not seeing what happens. There's probably some like business acumen and reason yeah. behind doing it. Yeah. That sounds like it goes against everything you would learn in like a business It school. does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. But yeah, that was, yeah. Just get teenagers together with a cell phone, have them post. Yeah. Exactly. Monetize. Genius. Throw in some idea. sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> You're good to go. Yeah, I think what happened in the hype house was like, they had 
I feel like it was like a bang energy. They're like, you need to post the bang energy sponsorship. Oh, yeah, put bang that energy in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no one would do it. So, like, I remember the was that. like, oh, like, guys, just post the sponsorship. And, like, no one would film. Or, like, they're all just, no like, doing way. their own thing. So. I thought they were just, like, was it was that the... That was the group TikTok, right? Where they're supposed to do like a group TikTok for Bang Energy. Maybe I have no idea. Or like maybe I don't they had really individual. This was like it was, it was the Bang Energy thing. <laughs> yes, Bang Energy so, broke the hype house pretty much. So they wanted Bang Energy in the yeah. background of like everything. So like you, when you see like the dance or the like I don't know how they're they like, do it, right. but like yeah. <laughs> but they're doing like the like yeah. like that like the whatever. There's, yeah. a, there's a Bang Energy trick in the back. Yeah, they're supposed to do that. <laughs> they just didn't do it. Oh, Which dude. part of the reason why is like they're 18. They have like. Not a lot of dis. Like, listen, they're highly successful, but yes. But when you put them together in a room and they have to do a sponsorship with like a deadline, there's very little discipline to get that done. I don't know what Bang yeah. Energy was paying, but uh, anyway, probably a bag. <laughs> probably. We should get the CEO of Bang Energy on. I hear he's he's a character. Yeah, he said. I mean, I would be down. That would be I'm funny. Sure it would be a very interesting episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you guys ever do anything with Bang Energy? No. That would have been cool, though, I guess. No. <laughs> I wish. No. You just ended it. No. No. Cool. I no. <laughs> I want to know because, yeah. I mean, we've talked a little bit about, like, where you've came from, yeah. how you've become successful, but what you do, you do it extremely well. Like, I've noticed you have a very dedicated following. You have, obviously, a very successful YouTube channel. I want to know what you would describe are the most pivotal moments in your career, the decisions or opportunities that were presented to you that I would say made the the the, the, the most stark changes mm. in your career. Cool. I think, well, I mean, definitely starting my YouTube channel, that's the first one. Um, I think actually like when I signed my manager, just because most YouTubers have like management that helps them do things, signing a manager for me was so incredibly helpful Hmm. um, just to kind of have them like take some of the workload off of me and like negotiate things for me. Um, I feel like that really also made me feel like, hey, like this is pretty legit, like this can be my job. And I think from there I took it a lot more seriously once I had been signed. I think another big decision for me was switching to a business major because then that kind of decision really solidified for me that like, hey, your job is going to be YouTube. Let's switch to a business major so that maybe some of what you learn in school can actually help you after college. But also at my college, it was like really STEM based. So I ended up like doing mostly data analytics like in Excel. So I was like, did it really help? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, But um, I think overall, probably the biggest thing for me was actually just moving to New York. Like, I think it really opened me up to more creators. Um, And as someone that had been mostly a college YouTuber, um, I think I like, I could have probably just fallen right off, like right after graduating college. I mean, like the same month I graduated college, I hit a million subs and I kind of was like, hey, like I just did all the things I wanted to do. What's next? And then just kind of like, didn't have as much motivation for it for like a few months or just felt kind of lost. Um, I think moving to New York and feeling the energy here and meeting new people is like really what kind of like kickstarted me to like really continue with my channel in the way that I am Interesting, so moving to New York was actually like one of the most impactful things. And then what about getting a manager? Like how do you find a manager? Because I know a lot of managers can be extremely exploitative towards their clients just in general. There's like Mm -hmm. kind of a negative connotation with talent management in general. Um, how do you find your manager? What exactly does management entail? Yeah. So my manager, like, 
he just like pretty much emailed me was like, I'm from this talent agency. Do you want to hop on a call and we can chat about it? Um, so it's like very chill. And you basically like kind of do like a three month trial. And then from there, you'll have like a rolling not like subscription, but like you'll just like resign. There's some like, sort of like what yeah, management yeah, yeah, fee yeah. or something. Um, no, not subscription. I shouldn't have said subscription, but like the contract just like continually sure. like updates yeah, yeah. every mm. like however long. Um, but so how it kind of works is like your manager will like field all your emails and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think what else or what, what did you ask another question? About yeah. Like what does it like entail to, to have a manager? Like how did that affect you exactly? Okay. Yeah. I think so once I had a manager, um, I mean, he definitely like if I'm working with brands, he actually knew what rate I deserved and I was probably like, I would literally do a haul like just for the free clothes. Like I did hella mm-hmm. hauls, like give me the free clothes. <laughs> and like, I was like super happy with that, but I was definitely like really undervaluing myself as a creator. Um, so my manager was kind of like, hey, like these are your rates. Like we're gonna make sure that you get good rates. Um, and since it's like a talent agency, he also kind of like would just help out with like strategy or like, um, I guess like publicity, like in a way and making Mm -hmm. sure that like we're growing and staying on top of things. Um, But also I think once I started signing like more brand deals here and there, I definitely like had to make sure that my cadence of posting videos was very consistent. I didn't want to have too many branded videos. So I would always make like two or three non-branded videos for every branded video that I did. And I think that also is what made me consistent enough for like my YouTube channel to grow. So it's kind of interesting to be like, oh, like taking a sponsorship is like literally like would keep me on track to like keep doing YouTube. But it really kind of like gave me a schedule and like pushed me to just be like, got to keep rolling, got to keep doing all these things. But yeah, <laughs> I think it was my fam who was saying that uh, when she gets a, a sponsorship that she likes, it'll give her inspiration for the idea for the video. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So she's like, all right, I got this brand. What can I do with that? That'll yeah. make a really fun video. And then yeah. she builds it around that, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I feel like I definitely do the same thing because I like to make sure that things are like super well integrated. And I'll, of course, like only take a brand deal if it's something that like I love. So usually I'm super excited about it. And then I'll be like, hey, like, what can I do to kind of like formulate a video around this specifically? Um, Like a video that I'm working on actually right now was like with a jewelry company. And it's kind of like near Valentine's Day. So I'm like, oh, like, what can I do to like make a video? And like, I didn't have this video idea until I had been pitched this like brand deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, oh, okay, like I'm going to get Kelly a necklace and like surprise him like in the airport for Valentine's Day and like all of this different stuff. So it definitely like can sometimes make for more fun videos, which is really cool. Yeah. How do you decide what to post mm-hmm. and how vulnerable to be on camera? It's definitely hard. Um, I think Loki's been like trial and error. Like sometimes like I'll say things and if I like just don't feel like good about it later, then I'm like, okay, the next time I know like, hey, like keep more things private, like set more boundaries. Um, but I would say for the most part, I am a pretty open book and there's not much that I actually won't talk about. Um, I feel like I don't really actively think about it too much. I no. just, I think I just like know in my heart, like, hey, I'm gonna keep this private, it's private, but most things are not private. <laughs> Is there anything yeah. you regret posting or being more public about um, looking back? I don't think so. 
I know like um, in the past, like I had like another like relationship. And then when that relationship ended, I was like, oh my God, I had this bro in like hella videos. And like now, now I have to like archive them or something. Um, so definitely like, I think in those situations you can be like, oh, like I regret doing that. But I actually don't like, I don't, I like to be vulnerable and I kind of realized like at that point for a while I was like I'm never going to show my relationships like ever again um and then actually just like completely came back on my word I was like hey like I want to show my life like I want to be vulnerable like and whatever happens like I'll deal with the consequences but like I want to show my life and I don't want to like hide a big part of my life either so did you ever undelete those old videos with the ex or did you just keep them unlisted Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think some of them are unlisted, and I think some of them are still up. Okay. But I remember after we broke up, I was like, mm-mm-mm. You can always go through with the YouTube editor now and just blur them out. You could, just blur I blur them out. That's so shade. That was, yeah. That would be funny, or you try to cut around it. So what's your plan for growth for your YouTube channel? How are you going to take it to the next level? What's your for overall, like... YouTube channel. Yeah, what's your overall situation going on right now? I mean, I feel like I kind of take it day by day. Um, sometimes I try to like think about it too much and then I'm just like, you get it over your head or like you overanalyze it. And I think it's better for me to just be like, I'm going to keep making videos that make me excited that I like to do and not focus as much on like the numbers as much or like let it get in my head. Um, but I definitely think, um, I want to do more like idea-based videos going forward. I do a lot of vlogs, but I think what brings more new viewers to my channel are like kind of idea-based videos. And by like idea-based, I just mean like not travel vlogs or like not daily vlogs, but maybe like, I just did one where I was like, oh, trying every matcha in New York City. And that's something that like someone that doesn't know me might click on. Is it what you're drinking uh, now? I am drinking a matcha right now. Is this a part of the matcha. video or is this like just, you just got a matcha? I just got a matcha. Okay. Yes, but I actually, I had not gotten it from this place before and I also didn't get it, it in the video, but it's pretty good. Pretty Jack, good. Is it the best? That would have made such a good short. If you'd said trying every pizza in New York City and just like yeah. every second is a bite. Dude, I've had way too much bite, pizza. Bite, bite, <laughs> bite, bite, bite. So like, this one is pretty good, bite, bite, bite. Yeah, but love matcha. I am working on actually starting a matcha company. So oh, really? Yes. What's the goal with that? The goal is... I love matcha, and I'm like, what better product could I do than this? Um, but yeah, I, I've always kind of, I mean, I'm like working on merch right now, which I think will like launch maybe like every season. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. But like, I'm really, really excited about doing matcha. I realize like, if like in my videos, I drink it like all the time, it's like really within my branding, and mm. it's something that like I genuinely enjoy, and I think that would be like super fun. Um, but also, I guess the goal is I also want to diversify outside of YouTube as much as I can. So, trying to do a little real estate, trying to do a little real matcha. estate. Not really real, real estate, but oh. I am about to close on a house. Really? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Where? Like what? Here. 
which is in New York, which is a little scary. But I was like, you know what? I like New York. <laughs> is it like what? Like an apartment? Or yes, like it's an apartment. Um, I always I like that? to say house because it makes me feel like I can justify how expensive it is, but it is literally just like an apartment. I love this place that I have here now and maybe like potentially like I could renew like the lease here and like still live with roommates, but I really want to have another space that has good lighting because this place yes. does not have good lighting like at all. And the place that I am working on closing on has like beautiful lighting. So I'm like, okay, I can spend like part of my time there, have another place that's like kind of like my own personal home. If I really want to say living alone in New York City, you I can do that. There we go. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, just like another place that has really nice lighting and maybe my sister will come live there with me as well. we'll yeah, that's see. cool. It seems like home renovation content is starting to come back in style. Mm. Do you have any plans of like fixing it up? Those um, would make great videos. Like, yes. uh, who's the one guy? Lone Fox, Lone Fox Wolf. I, I, I follow yeah. him on Instagram. His designs are incredible. And he goes, really? yeah, he bought this old building in Los Angeles, like a 1920s building, and he Whoa. turned it into something incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, but doing something like that, like a kitchen remodel. Yeah. I don't know about remodeling. My co-op board has the craziest fee for remodeling. They're like, if you oh. do your kitchen, you have to put down a $10,000 down payment and we keep half. And I was like, what? what? Is, oh, why? So if you like weird. damage anything in the building? I or guess something? so. But so I think probably not renovations, but I think decorating for sure. And was the reason that you wanted to buy mostly like a financial decision? Like you thought it would probably be smart to build equity in a place in New York? Yeah, that definitely is my main reason sometimes i'm like wait why am i doing this again i'm like it's just <laughs> like actually just like have something that's like a good asset to have um but definitely i also just really like new york i see myself staying here for a long time so i'm like okay it makes sense to me that like i have a place um and also i think it's fun for content as well to be like Woo, new apartment decorating people love the environment yeah. tours honestly mm -hmm. if you just moved every year those videos just do so well. People do that. They, they do. do. Yeah. yeah. All the time. So yeah. painful, but it is good for content, yes. <laughs> just keep doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, does the co-op have a, an HOA? Or how does that work? Yes, it does. Um, very high HOA. Can I ask what it is? Mine is 2600 Whoa! But I get 60% of it back. Which I'm really. Wait, what is, how do you get it back? Is it probably? They, I'm guessing. Res, no, it wouldn't be reserves. I really have no idea. <laughs> but very high HOA. But then they said, "Oh no, you actually get like annually. You get sixty percent of all the HOA that you paid back." And I'm like, "Why don't I just pay like forty percent and like not do that?" But My guess is that they need a certain amount of reserves by the end of every year, and then if they don't use it, they yeah. give it back to you. But there might be a repair that they need the money. That's my only guess, but I'm not for like an assessment. Maybe I'm not sure, but maybe I don't know. We don't really do co-ops in California or Vegas, but it's it's way more common here because yeah. the price of real estate is just so high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of HOA, they raised the HOA in uh, my community. Mine got raised, oh, too. Are you serious? What's yeah. going on with this? Mine was I don't know what's like, happening. Mine was raised, I think it was like almost $100 a month raised. No. Increase. Are you going to send them a letter and you know angry? What? Part of me thinks this would be a great video, and I'm really... Part of mm -hmm. me is worried about it, and part of me thinks it would be a great video. Mm -hmm. Going over their budget and reacting to it. I would love that. 
I think that's hilarious. So you explain like HOAs told, and everything, and then I was told the car, the car they patrol the area in, which is probably like a building or no, it's not a building. It's like a gated community. Okay, okay. So there are probably my guess is maybe like five hundred homes in this. Okay, community. maybe oh, a few wow. hundred homes. I don't know, but they had this car that just like goes around constantly with, okay. with little lights on the back. It looks like a Ford Focus or something like this, <laughs> like a Google. Oh, yeah. car. I'm told someone reviewed the documents. Guess how much that car is per year to lease. They're paying this every single year to lease. It. It's a fourth focus. I'm going to say I'm going to say some egregious number: fifteen thousand, twenty thousand to lease the Ford Focus. Yeah. What, what do you think? It's a Ford Focus. So this is probably a thirty thousand dollar car. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe the car market's high. Maybe thirty five thousand dollars to just, buy the car outright. Just to lease it, like not even like including the person driving it or anything. No, just le- the car itself. Uh, per year, I mean, per year. realistically, it's a thirty thousand dollar car. I mean, now I feel like I should say like twenty thousand just to say something crazy. Because <laughs> right. you want to hear crazy? Yeah, forty thousand dollars a year. Oh my! That is the God. cost of this car. Do they have How? multiple? They should have a Lamborghini. How? Like, what? They very well could at that yeah. price actually. Forty thousand dollars a year. That's a good question. If they have multiple, I don't. I only see one of them at a time. Maybe they have two, but still, even two. We're talking realistically. Uh, $500 a month per car. So it should be, let's say you have three of them, $15,000, $18,000 a year for mm. three of them. But then you, okay, insurance, right? Gas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. $25,000, $40,000. I the, don't get it. The surveillance in my neighborhood is 200000 for my neighborhood. Per year? But per your year. neighborhood is My neighborhood's but, big. But his is yeah, huge. It's a big neighborhood. But still, I was thinking. I was looking at that, and I was looking at my, my HOA docs, and they're like pulling in like seven figures a year. I would love to. It. I would love to review it. And but I do. I realize HOAs. Like if you are on the bad side of that, you're like blacklisted. Oh, you like they will make your life awful. Dang. And so it's like, do you really want to go up for what? Like you get a funny video out of it, and people are like, oh, look at a twenty forty thousand dollar car. Yeah. Is that worth it? I don't know. Because all of a sudden, then they're like, "Hey, Graham, here's a notice. Your car is too loud, uh, and you have to remove it from our premises because it doesn't meet the definite." <laughs> Just wage war against the HOA. I don't want to yeah. move. That's the thing. Then it's like because they would have the right as the HOA. They they supersede me. You know, I could complain, but like yeah. at the end of the day, they have the final say. Do you bite the hand that feeds? Probably not. But still, forty grand. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it would be great if I get on that HOA and just like yeah. cutting costs. Like how much, like the car. How, how, yeah, that how really, lucky. That doesn't make sense. We have Lucky Lopez get us like a $5,000 car. This guy, he, he literally was planning on attending an HOA board meeting to complain about. That's funny. What was it? The weights in the gym. The weights in the gym that of As the community should. he's in. <laughs> okay, so the weights end at 50 pounds and I mm. thought they should end at 70 and I thought it would be a great use of capital if we could just increase the weights at the gym. That would be fun. And oh my gosh, and I was even going to plan out like the, like the residents would live longer with the higher weights and therefore they'd be able to make more money. So I thought it was a right. good investment in the future. That's a great And more people would want to move there if because the res- they have the- Because they have not only more higher weights, but also mm. because the residents were in better shape. That's genius. 
and they had bigger muscles, so they'd oh. entice more people. Right, it's like marketing. It's advertising. It's great marketing. Like we have yeah, seventy-pound dumbbells. Yes, yes, but also look strong at residents look as well. Like, yeah, everyone looks like Liver King is walking. Around the they have you know? you on their legs. Grabs a backpack. Just, everyone's just carrying the barbells like yeah. up and down the street. That's smart, man. <laughs> it was. That's a really good idea. Pitch it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I think so. I like it. But yeah. yeah, they came out with this rule now where you can't park on the street after 10 p.m. Oh. So all the cars have to be fit. So here's the thing. They said th- their preference was that all cars be parked in the garage. So you can't even like park in the driveway, in the garage, Ooh. unless the garage is inaccessible. Um, or like unusable for whatever reason, and then you could park it in the driveway. But like the goal is to get all cars out of sight after 10 p.m. Oh, wow, that is very specific. Yeah, and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what was the point of a driveway? <laughs> you know. I don't know. Oh, and then they also limited the size of the car that you could have parked in front of your house. Hmm. Yeah. So they they wanted to prevent people from having like the big vans or like you know little buses or stuff like that parked okay. in their driveway, which I was never bothered by. I don't know yeah. who's bothered by it, but they said the aesthetics are off. We have probably, to fix this. Yeah. There's yeah. a height requirement on that, and there is actually they did enact a decibel sound for your car's exhaust. Uh, what and, HOA are you living yeah, in, I'm man? Like, this, this is crazy. crazy yeah. I'm being serious, though. They honestly a decibel requirement for the car. Yeah, but are they actually going to accost somebody who's like driving their the, car? The thing is, the thing is, no. But they re- they create a system where they could do anything they want to. They could find something. So if they don't like you, they could say, "Well, you drive that car and it's a little bit too loud, and we're gonna go. We're, we'll enforce it on you." But the other guy, he's cool. We don't have to do that, but we'll do it on you. Wow. So they create an environment where you have to play by their rules. So that's why I'm like, do I really want to go up against it? And like, yeah, probably not, but it would make a great video. True. They're going to be like, we are going to increase Graham's fee. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. $200 yeah. and only him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's for me, it's just the, the cost. If we could figure out where we're wasting money and bring it back down. Because mm. then I worry, in, in Lo- this was an issue with Los Angeles, is yeah. that there were, not HOAs, but city services and things like this that would be taxpayer funded, mm. but then the money would go to somebody who's like running the company, who's friends with the person who set it up. Like, I'll give you an example. There was mm-hmm. a, a homeless shelter yeah. in Los Angeles, and I think the rent was like sixty dollars to $80,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Someone investigated this, and it turned out the person who owns the homeless shelter that they're leasing for like 80 grand a month was friends with someone on the city board and the rent was twice market value and they never actually set it up. So they're spending twice the market value. It's worth 40 grand. He's getting 80 and it's empty and it was never used as a homeless shelter. And there's there's a lot of stuff. So so like what if someone on the HOA board is friends with the person who's leasing the car for 40,000? I'm like, Maybe conflict. That's of a good point right yeah. there. I don't know. You should investigate. I don't know where it's going. That's a good the video right there. That'd be a great. Vi- yeah. That would be like a Coffeezilla style video where like you have to <laughs> you versus your really? own HOA. <laughs> that, no, that's what that is. Is like an iDubs type video. New style iDubs video. I like it. I don't want to move. I don't want to move. I like I like where I'm at. I'm just <laughs> I'm just curious. You know. That's all. I'm just curious. Join the HOA. Become one of them. <laughs> Become yeah. one. Imagine for the start video, raising on Jeremy. Imagine, imagine for the video though, like I joined the HOA to infiltrate. <laughs> that would be so good, dude. To get to the like, that would be like so good. Down the costs. 
I love that video idea. Or propose yeah. like ridiculous rules and see what they'll go with. I would love yeah. that idea. No, because everyone has to vote on them. So you, you can never get anything ridiculous. I'm just curious about some of the contracts. Mm. This is not to scare you out of your apartment no, that, sure you're, okay. your that you're buying lovely. with HOA. Yes, I'm sure you're going to be yeah. just, just fine. I know what I'm getting into. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't need patrol yeah. cars. They don't need that. Luckily. Let's talk about, I ask uh, every guest this. Yes. If your income is made of a pie. Yes. Okay. How are the slices looking? Like if we're to assign a percentage <laughs> on each slice, what, where is it coming from? I don't know why I use the pie analogy, but yes. it's just what I do. Can you How's it say looking? pizza instead sure, of pie? Sure, if it's a pizza, what are the slices? Well, no, because a pizza, the, the slice is supposed to be even. Pie, you cut your own slice. It can be a big slice, small slice. So, oh, that's yeah, true. Oh, so how's that? I'm gonna be like, this is seventy six point one three percent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would actually probably say twenty five percent AdSense and seventy five percent brand deals. Hmm. That is what I would say. So, if the majority um, like brand sponsorships, for sure, just because like I feel like AdSense rate is like. It's okay, but it, like it's not super good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, I mean, just as like a vlogger channel, I mean, I think like my like RPM, like CPM, is like pretty decent. But there's definitely other genres out there that are probably better. Um, but yeah, I'm working on like merch and matcha, like I said. So hopefully those will become slices of the pie. But for now, it's really just like AdSense brands. So looking to diversify for sure. Hmm. Yeah. And is increasing the income one of the, like a primary goal of yours right now, or is it mostly just to continue to build sustainably and then potentially dip into other things? It's definitely, I feel like my primary goal is always just to like continue growing on YouTube and doing what I love and building that community there. But I do think it is like always like a interesting bonus to be like, holy crap, like your income can grow with that. Um, and definitely just for also safety reasons, I do want to dip into other things just because I feel like I do have faith that YouTube will last a long time, but at the end of the day, like you never know. So I think it'd be really cool to like have a brand that could potentially um, even like start as my brand, something like Matcha, I feel like I could start similar to like merch, like use some of my own I guess like star power in a way to kind of kickstart the business. Uh, but I do think it's also a business that I could have um, that is just a business that maybe people buy from and don't even know who I am yeah. down the line. Do you have the infrastructure set up for that? Like, do you already have like it planned out and like everything kind of ready to roll out? Or is this an idea that now that you're working on? It's something that I'm in the process of. So we're definitely trying to still figure out like logistics and things like that. But I've gotten to the point where like I've tried to source some different matchas, um, figuring out like what people's like roles are going to be, who I'm going to work with and things like that. So it's still, it's still getting there, but I want to launch it by this year though, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've noticed with bankroll coffee, the coffee itself doesn't have a lot of margin, but the accessories do. Like if you were to sell. Really? Okay, yeah. cool. It might be different for matcha, yeah. but coffee beans are expensive. And yeah. there's like a price point where people don't want to pay above like 12 to $14 for like a bag of premium coffee. Yeah. And so that kind of caps it out. But mm-hmm. straws are great. Um, really? Cups cool. are fantastic if you have like a branded cool. cup. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, we have, 
ice cube trays, which do really well. I don't know if that would work for Whoa. matcha. I mean, I think all those things would probably yeah. work similarly. Cup. I know people will even like like tote bag frother for matcha. Actually, mm. something mm. as well. Um, but definitely little things like that yeah. would be cool. But that helps. And those are little cool upsells. So like for mm-hmm. our coffee, we'll like kind of break even on the coffee. But then at checkout, hey, if you want to deal on this and throw this in, it's like yeah. that will kind of make up for it. Yeah, definitely looking into matcha, like, because I'm just like, oh, I know I want to do like ceremonial grade, like make sure it's like really good or like top of the line from Japan, all these different things. And matcha ends up being so expensive for just like the tiniest yeah. little bit. So even if you buy like a little tin, like probably like the market rate is like, I see people sell for like $24 yeah. for like a little tin, but it does last like forever. Though. I think it'd be amazing if you actually went to Japan yeah. and like made a whole thing on this. Um, mm-hmm. That would be cool. That is the goal. Uh, yeah. What was the one, the, the Breaking Bad miss call? Oh, like those dose, dose, uh, yeah. yeah. They had a really cool story where they like went to Mexico and it shows them like going yeah. through and like meeting people and figuring out like the culture and the history behind it and like whoa it, that I think if you applied that to yeah. matcha and like going to Japan trying it out like mm-hmm. learning who makes it like like who's behind it and yeah. like really the art and the craft and the history behind it and, like yeah. and you find some like a story behind a really cool supplier there or like someone mm-hmm. who makes it out of passion who's, yeah like, really in it it's like you know twenty generations in of it's like just yeah. doing this one thing mm-hmm. I don't know no but say, it's like, so cool. no I like, like the idea it's like cool. a tea like, ceremony but, like, yeah, yeah but, but then like it's that. like something special then it's not just exactly. like hey I got a, a matcha this is cool because I like it but there's like this cool history behind it and yeah. people are going to be curious like why is that one the best yeah and yeah. you can be the best exactly so yeah no it's definitely i've never been to asia like ever in my life so i would love to like go to like korea or japan um especially japan to look at matcha and everything so it'd be really i cool. would do that i think yes. if you're gonna do it i'd say do that and find like a good supplier there. yeah yeah it'd be cool Definitely language barrier will be hard, but I will figure it out. <laughs> and I can be part of the video too. Yeah, yeah, I'll get a translator. That's yeah. cool. Is there anything you. you wanted to discuss? Yes, wait, Graham, I actually have a surprise for you, but you have to close your eyes. Are you serious? Yeah, I am serious. I love surprises. I know, you're gonna love this surprise. You have to close your eyes though. Actually, okay. Yeah, and you have to hold out one of your hands. Oh gosh, is, okay. it, is it money? Yes. You're gonna put money in my hand? Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, keep them closed. All right. Yeah, there's nothing really that'll like spook me unless it's something like crazy. Oh. It's not that crazy. All right. Okay, keep holding it. All right. Okay, maybe like lift your hand a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Why are you laughing, Jack? Dude, you're Wait, gonna love can this. I see, keep your eyes closed, but can I see this hand? Okay, I'm close. Okay. What is it? <laughs> no, you can open. You can open. <laughs> I'm trying to guess what it is. You like it? S'more. Do you get it? Oh! (laughs) That's funny. Were you prepared for this? Yes, I was. It was in my tote bag. Actually? Like, you thought of this, like, in advance? Yes, I did. Before I came down here, I I was going to do it in the beginning, and I forgot. And halfway through, I was like, oh, I need to do this still. Oh, man. It's been a long time since I had one of these. But how do I... (laughs) <laughs> I'm <Okay>. kidding, what? <laughs> no. That's so funny. Jeez. All right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he going to tr- give it a Jack, try. Yeah, he really likes it. Uh-oh. You dropped some. Yeah. That's okay. Who's the, who's the housemate or that lives this in this room? This is Luke's room. Luke. Yeah. Shout out to you, Luke. Thank Shout you for letting Luke. us use your room. Very gracious of you. We really yes. appreciate it. You went on Colin and Samir. 
Yes, I did. Tell me about how that was. That was really fun. Um, I had probably met them like maybe a year prior. Um, they're just really cool guys, super chill. And it was really cool to be on the podcast. I felt like so honored. I feel so honored to be on your guys' really? podcast. We're yes, honored to have you. Yeah. Yes, I've actually seen quite a few of your videos. I meant to tell you. But what was your I, favorite? What was my favorite? Yeah. Uh, I used to watch so many of like, just like I really... When I was living upstate, I was like, I'm going to have an investment property. So I literally would be like watching every video that's like about like having a property and like what you should do. And I never ended up buying up there. And of course, I buy here where the market's like wild, but that's okay. (laughs) Thank you. That's so cool. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think if I have any questions. I'm just glad that got the graham cracker thing down. <laughs> well, now you can, now you can yeah. clip that, Josh. That's, you want yeah. to. wow. That's what it means. Holy mackerel. I did wait, not get it. No. Are you serious? Wow. Okay. Duh. Wait, what did you think it was? I just thought yeah. it was a s'more. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> Even I got that. I was like, oh, a s'more. Like maybe, Bruh. like Graham wants some more because he's Bro. That's <laughs> even I recognize that I got wow. it like that's immediately. So that's why I was like biting my hand. Dude, I've, I've had, had a said long that day. Again so that you could get it. I've had a very long day. We've been recording. You know, the, I feel like this New York trip's been draining. Oh, you gotta excuse man. me for that. <laughs> Jack uh, has it easy too. I literally, I literally thought Jack like, could sleep in oh, every it's, morning. It's jokes because he's you know he wants some more of something. <laughs> what do I want <laughs> some more of? Money? I don't know. <laughs> Views. Bro. Okay, man. Yeah, I just don't know if we should include that part, but yeah, it put, oh, that definitely put that in there. Like right. Jack's little bit at. Uh, do you, I don't know if you would get this. The do you know Infinity Edge pulls? Yes. Oh my god! Wait, the, like as an inside joke though? No, it's, it's not an inside oh, joke. I do know it. What it? Okay. Infinity Edge. Pool you know is. the Infinity Edge has an edge that goes down into like a little mm-hmm. pool. Jack saw a pool like that. He's like, dude, the pool has a little mini pool. <laughs> what? He's like, let's go He's in like, the mini pool. What did you say? Like, what is, why, why does it have like a second level? Yeah, of pool? why is there another level to the pool? Like, we got to show that. That's funny. <laughs> the pool, dude, the pool Yo, has a look pool. At this. That's oh, really I was funny. like, that's the overflow for the, the pool. Oh, now I know, man. Now I know. That's really Graham funny. cracker. Graham cracker. That's yeah. why you were putting your hand over yes, it. Yes, exactly. So it's like, ah, dude, dude you're funny. That's good. That's a great joke. Congratulations. Thank you. Right, well, Thank thanks so you. much. Um, of course. Oh, did you get a free stock at public.com? Did you guys in? check out all the I links down it. below in the description? You do that. You Your links it. will be down below in the description. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much for coming on the Ice Coffee. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you're you. Welcome. Yay. That was great.